0: السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين wa والسلام على سيد المرسلين محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد. Welcome to our session of refinement of the soul. We'll start with the recitation of the Quran. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. وإذ فرقنا بكم البحر فأنجيناكم وأغرقنا آل فدعون وأنتم تنظرون وإذ وعدنا موسى أربعين ليلة ثم اتخذتم العجل من بعده وأنتم ظالمون <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enumerating the bounties that He had bestowed upon the Bani Israel, going back to the previous verse, Allah ta'ala says, We saved you from, remember when we saved you from the people of Firaun? And when they punished you, they slaughtered your children and enslaved your women, and they, that was a big test for you. Allah Ta'ala continues to say, basically over there, He says, We saved you from that torment and that trial. And here, Allah Ta'ala says, And remember when we separated the sea for you, and we saved you. Farakna to separate. We separated for you, Al bahr the sea. فأنجيناكم. The same word came earlier. And we saved you. and Jaina Similar meanings. We saved you. And we drowned. Ala The people of Fir'aun. His army. antum tanzurun, And you were looking. In other words, you could observe this. You were observing this. You saw all of this happen right before your eyes. And then Allah Ta'ala says, and remember وَإِذْ When we promised, when we uh, had made, we had promised Musa of 40 nights and then you had taken the calf after that after Musa had left and you were oppressive this referred to the incident okay we'll explain just now and then Allah ta'ala says عفونا, and then we forgave you عَفَوْنَا عَفَا to forgive. We forgave you عَنْكُمْ مِنْ بَعْذِ ذَلِكَ after this incident. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ so that you may be grateful. So Allah Ta'ala now addresses the Bani Israel listing one after the other, bounty after bounty after bounty. First we saved you from Fir'aun and his army and the, the oppression that he had uh, he had uh, uh, given you or he had uh, dealt you, with you, you with. The second incident. I think the first incident we discussed in detail. You know also about the second incident. Allah Taala is now talking when uh, talking about when um, he, when the when Allah Taala did save the Bani Israel in in the sense that Musa a.s. had taken them away, and or this is similar related to the first incident. And then when they reached a the part of the sea, they had nowhere else to turn to. In front of them was the sea. Behind them was the army of Fir'aun. Then again, they they had felt. Uh, lost and despondent. That's when Allah Ta'ala uh, saved them by means of the sea splitting into you know, 12 parts and the 12 different tribes uh, treaded the sea and went to the other side. And when Fir'aun and his army came to follow them, Allah Ta'ala drowned Fir'aun and his army. And you saw this whole thing in display, whole thing happening before you. So you saw the miracle of Allah Ta'ala happen, happening right before you. After that, um, the next incident that occurred was that Allah Ta'ala had called Musa Alayhi to give him revelation. And Musa Alayhi salam had gone to meet or to speak to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala for 40 nights. We know the incident and it will come in more detail afterwards also. At that time what happened was after he had left, the people had now concocted a calf out of their jewelry to worship. That's why Allah says, وَأَنْتُمْ ظَالِمُونَ And you you were oppressive. This was oppression. How could you resort back to evil after such a big uh, bounty and favor Allah bestowed upon you. Even then Allah says, and then we forgave you after all of that so that you may be grateful in the sense that you may stop, desist in all the evil and wrongs you're doing and come back to Allah, do the right thing, uh, you know, seek repentance. (laughs) So we are in a very similar manner, in a similar case that Allah has given us over and over chances, over and over again. And now He's putting us through this major test. If after this we don't realize, we don't turn back to Allah, we aren't appreciative, and we don't change our life, we don't um, adopt a new lifestyle of taqwa, of fearing Allah, of refraining from sin, of stop wasting our time, of giving more time towards our akhirah and our daily life, then really we would be the zalim. That's what oppressive person is. Uh, that's what an ungrateful person is. That after Allah or after someone uh, gives, you know, bestows their favor or bounty upon someone, they're grateful to that person. So the fact that Allah Ta'ala keeps us alive after this and after that, we still don't realize. Then that's a major problem. And the way I see it is, you know, we don't give time to Allah. We don't separate ourselves some time for Allah Ta'ala. Give some time to remember Him, to make dhikr recite the Qur'an, make some extra salah, contemplate and meditate and connect with Allah. So now it's as if Allah forced us in our homes, isolated us, that we can isolate ourselves with Him and spend some time with Him. So when we go back in the world, we don't forget this time that we went through. And we keep connected to Allah Ta'ala at all times. And it's not just temporarily or when a calamity befalls us. So when Allah Ta'ala makes us go through these tests and trials, Allah Ta'ala says says it uh, in another verse, لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ So that they may return. So if we have gotten that from this isolation, then we're successful. But if we go back to work tomorrow, forgetting about all this and turning back to how much money I'm making, how many hours I'm working, how many exams I have to take and what courses and and, and the tests and my you know, our daily, normal, regular life without inculcating some time for Allah and as a without bringing our lifestyle upon the lifestyle of the Rasul, then we have really failed the test then we are the same zalim that Allah Ta'ala is addressing the Fir'aun, the people of uh, uh, the Bani Israel. And we would be the same people who would not be learning from that mistake and not making la'allakum Tashkurun being grateful to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala give us understanding of these verses and give us the feel to apply them, inshaAllah. Continuing our reading of the book, uh, we'll read several hadiths together in Arabic, and then the English. And then there's some uh, there's some notes, inshallah from the author. And we're talking about the different luxuries that a person receives in their in that realm of the barzakh after they're put in the grave. So continuing on from hadith number twenty, An Qais ibn قيل يا رسول الله هل يتكلم الموتى؟ قال نعم ويتزاورون؟ أخرجه الشيخ ابن حبان في كتاب الوصايا عن عائشة رضي الله عنها قالت قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ما من رجل يزور أخاه ويجلس عنده إلا استأنس به ورد عليه حتى يقوم أخرجه ابن أبي الدنيا في كتاب المفتون عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ما من أحد يمر بقبر أخيه المؤمن كان يعرفه في الدنيا فيسلم عليه إلا عرفه ورد عليه السلام أخرجه ابن عبد البر وصححه عبد الحق عن ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أرواح الشهداء في حواصل طير خضر تسرح في الجنة كما شاءت ثم تأوي إلى قناديل تحت العرش أخرجه مسلم عن كعب بن مالك رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إنما نسمة المؤمن طائر يتعلق في شجر الجنة حتى يرجعه الله إلى جسده يوم يبعثه. أخرجه مالك وأحمد والنسائي عن أم بشر بش عن أم بشر بنت البراء أنها قالت لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا رسول الله هل تتعرف الموتى؟ قال تربت يداك النفس المطمئنة طير خضير في الجنة فإن كانت الطيره يتعارفون في رؤوس الشجر فإنهم يتع. أخرجه ابن سعد أخرج الطبراني في مراسل ضمرة ابن حبيب قال سألت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن أرواح المؤمنين فقال في حواسل طير خطير تسرح في الجنة حيث شاءت عن أبي هريض رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن أرواح المؤمنين في السماء السابعة ينظرون إلى منازلهم في الجنة أخرجه أبو نعيم several hadith were recited with all similar um, content and it's about the fact that in the qabr you would be doing things, you'd be enjoying yourself, you'd be visiting friends and family, you would be enjoying different, different pleasures. So in this is hadith number 20, Qais bin Qubaysa anhu says that Nabi said the person who dies without making a wasiyyah, a will and testament will not be allowed to talk to those who have already died. It was asked, Ya Rasulullah, do the deceased converse among themselves? He said, yes, they visit one another as well. Ibn Hibban mentions this. One important point here is the wasiyah, uh, testament or will. It's very important in Muslims. We need to have a will. We need to write it down. We don't know when we're going to die. We have to list in that will if we owe anyone, anyone money, if I'm supposed to receive money from anyone, who gets what right from me, what amount of money from me or if I usurped anyone's rights, or uh, any salah that I owe, any fasting that I owe, any zakat that I owe, anything like that, it's very, very, very important. Because many things we know personally, no one else knows. And if we die, it will be like a broken record. On the Day of Judgment, we'll have to pay up for everything. So this is a a necessary command of Allah Ta'ala. In the Quran it comes as well, that many of us are uh, oblivious to. So we have to make sure uh, that we write our will, and this is the perfect time to do it. You don't know if we can you know go today or tomorrow. so and we are Allah's given us time, we're at home also. so let's take 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 this chance to write our will as well. And the general uh, advice or the general message from these ahadith will be that the fact that the uh, people in the grave are able to talk to each other, they are able to converse with one another. The next hadith is from Aisha radiallahu anha. She says, Nabi sallallahu sallam said, The one that visits his Muslim brothers, in, you know, basically in the grave, and sits by him, he becomes attached to him and replies to the salam, till the visitor gets up and leaves. Another le- message we can learn from this also, is that we should go visit the people in the graves as well. This is Ibn Abi dunya in Kitab al maftun The next hadith, Ibn Abbas anhu says, that Rasulullah said any person passing the grave of his mu'min brother whom he knew in the world and he says salam to him the deceased person recognizes him and replies to his salam this is mentioned by Ibn Abdul Bar Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu mentions the next hadith that Rasul ﷺ said the souls of the martyrs the shuhada are in the form of green birds who go around Jannah wherever they wish they go and settle on the chandeliers of the arsh of Allah the throne of Allah this is in Muslim Sharif the next hadith from Malik Ahmad al-Nasai Sharif. Ka'ab bin Malik radiyallahu anhu reports that Nabi sallallahu alayhi sallam said the soul of a mu'min, a believer stays in the trees of Jannah in the form of a bird until Allah returns it to its body on the day of judgment. In the next hadith Ibn, Ibn Sa'ad narrates from Umm Bishr bint al-Bara radiyallahu anha that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa said o, o Messenger of Allah or rather that Umm Bint uh, Ummah Bishr bint Barat, she asked Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, O Rasulullah, do dead people actually recognize each other? He said, Of course. May your do- hands be in dust. This is an expression to show kindness. So like like saying, Subhanallah, the nafs mutma'inna, the tranquil soul, is in the form of a green bird in Jannah. If birds in the branches of trees recognize one another, then obviously the souls will also want to know one another as well. In a hadith of Tabrani from in the Marasil of Amr bin Habib, a Sahabi asked Nabi concerning the souls of the believers. He said, They live in the form of green birds in Jannah, eat, drink, and go wherever they wish. And finally, Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasalam, that the souls of the believers are in the seventh sky and from there they can see their abodes in Jannah. So these were a hadith roughly in regards to the fact that. Uh, Once a person is in their grave, they will be able to enjoy many bounties and delicacies of Jannah even before entering Jannah. The author uh, gives a long commentary here explaining all the Ahadith that have just passed. He says, There are many Ahadith concerning the Barzakh, but in this 11th chapter, only 27 Ahadith have been copied for an example. As an example, in these 27 Ahadith and in some of the previous chapters, the pleasure, enjoyment, comfort, respect, and honor in the barzakh have been fully stated, because the blessings, favors, and happiness of the body and soul are. And then he lists seventeen things. He's, and because he's trying to show that these are the same pleasures you'll uh, you know receive in the grave to an even higher level. Number one to be safe from trials and tribulations. Number two, to have a spacious home. Number three, to be accepted and, and beloved of a ruler. Number four, to be in the protection of a protector. Number five, the ruler to be kind and merciful. Number six, to be with a companion who consoles and gives comfort. Number seven, illumination and darkness. Number eight, reciting the Quran. Number nine, performing salah. Number 10, visiting and meeting relatives and friends. Number 11, attachment and friendship of visitors. Number 12, abundance of food and drink, especially the delights and joys of Jannah. Number 13, high quality furnishing and decor. Number 14, high quality clothing and apparel. Number 15, having to have an airy and well-ventilated home, especially when the breeze is from Jannah. Number 16, having gardens from recreation. Number 17, listening to good news and recognizing one another, having luxurious homes and seeing one's abode in Jannah with one's eyes. He says, In these ahadith, all those aspects are enumerated, which are needed to live a contented and luxurious life. This clearly proves that the dead do not just helplessly lie in their graves, as is the belief of the common people. But they will enjoy better and superior luxuries in the barzakh than those found in the world. Yes, some enjoyments that are found in dunya will not be available there. For example, marriage. The reason being that in that in that state of barzakh, that ruhani spiritual nature will be overwhelming. Bodily conditions and lust will not be existent, or I'm sorry, will will be non-existent. Therefore, there'll be no necessity of nikah, etc. For this reason, on Qiyamah, when one will enter Jannah, one will gain. Again, attain a body like the world, hence those feelings and desires will come again. One will be granted hur, uh, the desire for food in the barzakh may remain, because a weak body also craves food in the same way as children, the weak and those recuperating from any illness. It's been narrated that the souls of the Mu'minin will be in the form of green birds flying around and eating in Jannah. All that has been mentioned in this chapter are those things that take place with the dying person, of which some are ikhtiyari, in other words, one's choice. Like for example, accepting iman, carrying out good deeds, and then other actions are غيّر اختياري. In other words, a person doesn't have choice, like dying in a foreign land, passing away on Friday, passing away due to a stomach disease, etc., etc. It is Allah's most greatest blessings that one is rewarded for the things that are not in our uh, in our power as well غيّر things. All these aspects end with the deceased. When these conditions end then the rewards and blessings ordained for it also ends. But there remains another mercy of Allah wherein He has planned two such ways from which gaining of blessings and reward do not end and will remain forever and keep on multiplying and increasing. One such way is that some deeds have been planned and proposed from which a deceased continues uh, uh, continues to receive reward even after death and the second is that the dead person did not carry out that deed during his lifetime but by others doing it reward is being continuously attained the first type of deed in sharia is called to salihat from the word baqi remaining salihat righteous those deeds which are everlasting reward are, are gained by them and second is called isanus thawab in other words transmitting or passing on reward It was deemed appropriate to write regarding these two methods at the end of the chapter. Besides these two, we come to know of another type from which a deceased person receives a reward. Although neither the deceased person nor a living person has any part of it. This has also been mentioned at the end of the chapter. And then inshallah, we will continue with the reciting of the remaining hadith of the chapter. Now, to recite the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the hadith of Tirmidhi Sharif. Uh, from Abu Hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he says that the one who memorizes the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he will enter jannah bismillahir rahmanir rahim wallahu alladhi la ilaha illa huwa ar rahim al malikul quddusus salamul mu'minul al azizul jabbarul mutakabbir al khaliqul al musawwirul al qahhar الوهاب الرزاق الفتاح العليم القابض الباسط الخافض الرافع المعز المذل السميع البصير الحكم العدل اللطيف الخبير الحليم العظيم الغفور الشكور العلي الكبير الحفيظ المقيت الحسيب الجليل الكريم الرقيب المجيب الواسع الحكيم الحق الوكيل القوي المتين الودود المجيد الباعث الشهيد الحق الوكيل القوي المتين الولي الحميد المحصي المبدئ المعيد المحي المميت الحي القيوم الواجد الماجد الواحد الأحد الصمد القادر المقدر التدري المقدم المؤخر الأول الآخر الظاهر الباطن Wadil المتعال البر التواب المنتقم العفور الرؤوف مانك الملك ذو الجلال والإكرام المقصد الجامع الغني المغني المانع الضار النافع النور الهادي البديع الباقي الوارث الرشيد الصبور. may Allah تبارك give us the barak and blessings of these ninety nine names and accept our dua by me of these 99 names and uplift us from this punishment or from this situation uh, by by the blessing by the blessed names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ameen. so don't Please don't forget to recite your Surah Al-Murk tonight your Yasin in the morning and your Adhkar the 600 Adhkar that we've mentioned SubhanAllah 100 times Alhamdulillah 100 times La ilaha illallah 100 times Allahu Akbar 100 times Astaghfirullah 100 times and Durud 100 times as alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh